You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a boutique agency that uses the art of the interview to showcase your special sauce to help you get prospects to know, like, and trust you. So I got to admit that SEO kind of scares me a little bit. I am not an expert. All I know, I know what it is, and I know it's really, really important, but it's always been one of those things where I'm like, I don't think I'm doing a good enough job with that, but I also don't know if I just want to hire some agency to do it because based on what I know, there are just all kinds of people out there promising to work their SEO magic for you, and not everyone is necessarily good at it or on the up and up which is a problem because again, I'm like, well, I need to do something about it. And so recently though, I got a bit of an insight. I learned about something called the Pareto principle, which you're probably familiar with. It's this idea that 80% of the results that you get come from 20% of where you're focusing on any given problem or project. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I'm sure that applies to pretty much everything, including SEO. And that's intriguing, but I'm still like, okay, but where should I be focusing exactly on SEO? Because there's so much to focus on. So my guest today is an expert on this, and he's going to help us understand how to apply that principle when it comes to SEO. He's Kevin Roy. Kevin is CEO of Green Banana, an SEO and digital marketing agency. So Kevin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's let's get right into it and let's apply. I'd, I'd really want to hear what you have to say about applying this principle to SEO. So in your experience, where should marketers be focusing their efforts when it comes to search engine optimization? So there are two core principles to SEO. And if you understand the principles, then you can decide whether the tactic is legitimate or if it's junk. Right. I think a lot of SEOs take advantage of that. There's a ton of good SEOs and there's some SEO people that aren't great. And I, I actually truthfully believe everybody has good intentions. I don't think people are setting out to scam people, but uh, SEO is a lot like reading your, your phone bill. It doesn't really make sense, but you're like, I'll just pay it anyways. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the, two, the, the two core principles have one overarching component, and that is Google wants people to continue to use Google. Right? So they are trying to provide the best experience and the best results. So the experience piece is the first principle. And when I tell you what these are, that they're, they're all going to make perfect sense. So if I'm doing a Google search on my phone in the bathroom, which is where you, you know, you're supposed to do all of your Google searches, you know, and it doesn't work on mobile, I get frustrated and I leave. If you do a Google search and you go to a site and it takes five minutes to load, you get frustrated and you leave, or you go to a site and you get a virus, you get frustrated and you leave, or you go to a site and there's 404 errors, a bunch of broken pages, you get frustrated and you leave. So Google is going to reward you if you fix all those things. And they have a lot of tools that just say, hey, here's all the stuff that's banged up and here's actually how to fix them all. Like Google load speed, Google has their own tool and it tells you everything that they say you should do to, to fix that. The SEO aside, people should be doing that anyways, because you want the user to get onto your site quickly and not have a bunch of broken pages and not get a virus and 
try building a website now that doesn't work on a phone, you probably can't even do it. So that you really don't have to worry about that. So that's principle number one. Principle number two is relevance. Google's job is to return the most relevant page, not website, but page for the keyword phrase that you're typing in. If you Google basketball, for instance, the Wikipedia page almost always outranks the NBA page, hmm. um, depending on the amount of links that are going to it. But that page is, is just optimized towards basketball. It talks about how it's scored, the origin. It, I haven't looked at it in a while, but it probably has something about LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And then you can go and link all of the, you look at like, you can click a page to where LeBron James grew up. And then there's probably a page there to the mayor in the town that LeBron James grew up in, right? So there's all these pieces of supporting content and main content that are just about basketball. And I always, you know, jokingly say that no one's ever been to the homepage of Wikipedia, right? Because they, they're ranking for every noun, verb, and adjective because they have a page that's dedicated to that noun, verb, or adjective, right? So when you're looking at SEO, you only have to focus on a handful of things for usability and you only have to focus on a handful of things for relevance. A lot of SEOs will tell you, and, and I agree with this, is that Google will have its results in plain sight. So if you Google a certain keyword phrase mm -hmm. and you look on page one and the top 10 results, there's an aggregate mix of content. There's a certain number of times that people are mentioning that keyword and there's a certain amount of content in there. There's a certain amount of supporting content in there. That's the secret. You go figure that out and then you're almost always going to rank. There's a lot to unpack there. So first of all, good point about the Wikipedia homepage. I'm like, yeah. never even thought about it. But after we do this interview, I'm going to go to the Wikipedia yeah. homepage. I don't even know what it looks like. Little, I'm just going to go it's there. A, it's like a globe with like, you know, puzzle pieces on it. I think, I think last time <laughs> I looked at it. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Right. It's like, right. Wikipedia ranks number one for everything except for its own homepage. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so well, I guess if you search yeah. for Wikipedia, it's going to come up. Anyway, anyway, so can you give me an example? You gave a good example with basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example sort of in the world of, of B2B, let's say, yep. how this works? Like if I'm a you know head of content at a B2B firm yep. and I'm like, okay, I want to apply this principle, mm -hmm. but it's a little confusing because there's like 80 million different things that when I Google SEO that I'm being told to do, mm -hmm. but really it's only 20%. So like, give me an example in that, in the B2B world of how that would work. So the, the first thing that you have to do in whether it's B2B or B2C, uh, but we are, I would say 98% of our clients are B2B is that you have to pick the keyword phrase that you, that you want to rank and draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I want to do. A lot of companies will come here and say, Hey, we just want to optimize our site. And I say, for what? And they say, we just want it to be better optimized. Mm -hmm. For what? I always kind of go back to that thing because the only reason you want to rank your website is to get traffic so people can find you based on the good or service that you provide, right? Uh, if, if that doesn't matter, you don't need to optimize your site. And if you just want traffic, go to Fiverr and buy it, right? But you want to be found for what you do or what you sell or what you do and where you do it. Right. So if you're a commercial roofer, right, you want to have a page about that on your website. When you're talking about relevance, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is that let's let's take commercial roofer, for example, and I cover 10 towns. That's my service area. 
they put on the page, we do commercial roofing, tarring, flat top, commercial roof repairs in town A, town B, town C, town D, right? So they're, they're putting all of that on one page. Why would Google rank that for commercial roofing in Boston? Because you're mm -hmm. diluting the relevance by adding all that other stuff. So you want to dedicate a page to that keyword phrase and make it relevant to that keyword phrase. You want to dedicate another page to the other town. You want to dedicate another page to the other town, right? So, so you, you want to make sure that you that Google says, when I go to this site, oh, this is the most important piece of content for this word. Go back to basketball example for Wikipedia, right? The most important, it, you can't get any more information about basketball in, in a very quick snapshot than the Wikipedia page. And if you decide you want to go down the rabbit hole and learn how, you know, the rubber was made for the basketball, there's probably a way to get there from that page. So number one, pick the keyword phrase. Number two is make sure that you're relevant for that keyword phrase. Now, if you're nervous about picking a keyword phrase, because the fastest we can get a page ranked is five weeks. And that was, that's with no roadblocks at all. In other words, if we're doing like, no one asks about content. No one needs to approve it. You have easy access to the site. That's like a perfect scenario. So it takes a while to rank. It typically takes three to four months if you're doing SEO on your own or you have an agency that you're working with. So that's a big commitment to make on your keyword phrase. So one of the things that we recommend people do is try a Google AdWords campaign. So if I can get someone on page one by the end of the day and a Google AdWords campaign guaranteed, you're paying enough per click you can get in the top three spots, right? So, and a page one result, if you're on page one and you're getting a bunch of clicks in Google AdWords and it's not getting you any business whatsoever, and that's assuming that the website's fine and that, you know, there's other factors in there, then that's probably not a good keyword phrase for you, right? Or it's too broad or, or mm -hmm. people are getting to the page and bouncing off because that's not really what they're looking for, but that's a great way to do it. One of my favorite examples, even though it's not an SEO example is Tim Ferriss picked the four hour work week using Google AdWords. So he had a bunch of different titles and he, and that one got the best click through rate. It wasn't the one that he wanted, but he was like, you know what? The internet likes this one. So I'm going to do it. And it seemed to work out okay for him. That's really interesting. So, you know, what I'm hearing is it kind of goes back to this basic principle, just a basic principle of communication. It's all about your audience, mm -hmm. right? It's not about what you think is cool or is going to resonate. It's about what your audience tells you. Right. When you're picking a keyword phrase, your gut is almost always right. Like, mm. like no one goes and looks for deep dish pepperoni and onion and anchovy pizza in, right? They're looking for pizza in, right? So if there's a service that you provide, you're probably going to be right on picking that word. If you're not sure, Google Trends will tell you the traffic for it, but don't don't do local, make sure you do national because Google mm -hmm. trends doesn't work that well local. Um, but it will also t say that other people are looking for these phrases too. And you might get some ideas from it. Right. Okay. Okay. It's the way that you're describing this makes a lot of sense and has sort of cleared a lot of the clutter from my mind, like a lot of the confusion I've had around SEO. And the reason I've had a lot of confusion is because when on my own, I've tried to learn about this. There's so much more information and I've definitely read things that do not break it down so clearly. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm thinking now. It's like, again, that falls outside of that 20% where I really should be focusing. So what are some examples of the 80% of SEO stuff that's maybe commonly 
touted that actually isn't that important? So there's a lot of people that will tell you like link building is really important. Now links are yeah. important. Hiring someone to do link building for you when you can do things like press releases and get links back to your page, things like that, that seems to work better for us. And it's a little bit more of a legitimate source. There are some people that will say that schema is the most important thing. It's a factor, but it's not the only factor. Someone will run a report. Uh, we use schema. Don't get me wrong. It is a factor. What, what is, what is that? Oh, schema is, so my daughter really wants to go to Taylor Swift, right? So if you Google Taylor Swift tickets right now, you'll see like Ticketmaster and some of the, the ticket sites actually have the shows with the tickets in the Google search, mm. right? That's schema. So okay. you're basically putting code in and if Google decides they want to pick it up, they're going to pick it up. It's an important piece, but it is not a major, it is not, it's probably like a 5% rank factor, right? So you look at the things that are the, the biggest factors, which is site health and relevant content and relevant links. Those are the, those are really the biggest things that you have to worry about. Like a good example of building, if you're in a very competitive phrase and you want to build more content, let's say you want to rank for peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're going to build a big page about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Then you're going to have a page about bread. Then you're going to have a page about jelly and you're going to have a page about peanut butter. And under the jelly page, you might have something on, you know, what came first, strawberry or grape or what's mm -hmm. pectin, right? Or how long can jelly stay when a jar is open? So you put things like that. You can write stuff about different kinds of peanut butter and peanut allergies and bread you can write forever. So you have all these things that like supporting content like that Wikipedia structure that I talked about that all go and set and point back to your main peanut butter and jelly page. So you're building almost like a Wikipedia like model of stuff. Now that is in a very, that's a, for a very competitive field. If you are a commercial roofer and there's only five other roofers in the area, you don't need to do that. You just have to make a really good page, landing page that's relevant. So this all makes a lot of sense. Here's something that bothers me a little bit. And I, I really am curious about your opinion here. Very often I'll search for, you know, the answer to a question. Like mm -hmm. I did this just recently. I wanted to sync my iMessages on my phone to my Mac. Mm -hmm. It had gotten out of sync. So I just, you know, Google it. How do I do that? And every page I went to, instead of just immediately being like, yeah, here's how, here it is. Like, here are the three steps. It gave me all this information that I had to sift through before yeah. getting to just the steps. I know enough about SEO. I'm like, okay, they're doing this to try to rank, right? They're like including every possible bit of information yeah. that you could ever want. And I find that super annoying because I'm like, ultimately, this is not really that helpful for me. It might get the page to rank and it did yeah. rank because yep. it came up first or whatever, right. but it's not a very good experience for me as someone who's just trying to solve this problem. I, yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. So like, yeah. what do you, I don't, I don't even know how to, what that is exactly that I'm describing, but what do you make of that? Like what's, so, what can be done about that? So there's a two part answer. So the reason you're seeing all that content and, and you actually gave the perfect example. You said you, you looked at a bunch of them. It's because everyone on that's ranking on page one has, let's say, 3,000 words. So yeah. I'm not going to rank with 500. Right? So 
it's almost like they all just added, they're adding more words and more words and more words. And, and Google's saying, well, now the new benchmark is 4,000. So that's the reason you're seeing all that content is because if you look at everyone else on page one that has all this content and all this relevant or related content, right, which is, that's important, but you're right. It does bundle the user experience. So what I would do is put the answer up top. Mm. And then, so the, the data is still, you're asking a question, you're answering a question. So getting in the coveted question box is awesome because you get a lot of traffic from it, but you can put in the body of it all, like if you have to write 3000 words, put the really important thing up top and then the rest of the stuff down the bottom. We're actually in the middle of redesigning our website, but we're optimizing it before the redesign. So we have a lot of pages that are just like that. They're ranking, they look like crap. So mm-hmm. our designer is going to go in and put the big call to action and the forums up top and all those important things in there, but keep all the SEO stuff on the page. And does SEO take into account, by the way, like how long you stay on the page? So click through rate is a factor. I've heard yeses and nos about length time on the page, but it is a very good indicator that the content is decent. So I wouldn't be surprised at all Mm. if that is a factor. And I asked that because what you just suggested, which would definitely make for a better like user experience, but it also, I think, would mean I'm spending way less time on that page because yeah. instead of having to kind of read through and then finally get to the thing that I want, it's just right there. And I'm like, OK, cool. Bye bye. And I'm spending less time on the page. Yeah, I think it's a factor. I don't think it's a major factor that I haven't run across that. I know that going to other pages is a factor. Mm. So if they go to one page and another page and another page that that can help, but spend some time looking at a, a teenager on their phone and see how long they spend on a page. Right. <laughs> it's like a second and a half. Yeah. So I, think the, right. I think the behavior across the internet is instant gratification, you know, swipe, swipe left or whatever they do now. For sure. You know? Well, with video shorts, right. That's yeah, sort of the whole, shorts, the whole model nowadays. It's, it's just like thumb scrolling like crazy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, Here's another question. You've made, I think, the point very clearly that it's the relevance, right? Like that basketball example. It's just everything you ever wanted to know about basketball and even stuff you don't care about. Here it is. And this page is ranking. If I wanted to try to rank for basketball, right? Let's say Mm -hmm. I created a page. How much does it matter that the stuff I'm putting on my page is different than what's on Wikipedia? Like how different does it need to be? Or does that matter at all? Can it be, yeah, you know, yeah. outside of literally copying and pasting it, obviously, which is just plagiarism. But if I'm putting pretty much the same information, is that going to work? Or is Google going to be like, no, 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 you're yeah. just copying. You need to be more original. I don't know how they figure that out, but they have figured that out. So because then everyone would just copy page the first page and, and duplicate it. So yeah. the copy does have to be original. I don't know to the extent of how much that there's a lot of talk that it has to be 51% original. If you have a hundred words in a page, 51 have to be, you know, 51 of it has to be unique. But I do know that like, if you and I decided we wanted to try to outrank Wikipedia today, think about their click-through rate in the links. So click-through mm. rate and links are a factor. So that would be a massive, massive, massive effort to try to get up to a behemoth like that. I think you can get onto page one, but outseating, like how many links do you think go to the NBA page on a daily basis that are legitimate and good? Or how many links do you think yeah. the Wikipedia basketball, even the basketball page gets referenced on a weekly basis? 
free link building. Yeah. Okay. So then part of it is just being smart about what you're trying to do in the first place. Yeah. And there are being realistic right? about what you can rank for. Yeah. There are tools like Ahrefs. I love SEMrush, Screaming mm -hmm. Frog. All those tools will, will say how many links they have on there. And there is a point where even if you had the money, even if you could, if you wanted to buy links, think about the amount of like, we don't buy links here. I know where to buy them. Buying good links is kind of expensive. Think about how to get, you know, four and a half million links like Wikipedia mm. has. And I'm just making that number up. It's right. going to cost more than a buck a link. <laughs> right. So good luck. Yeah. Right. Good luck. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, this is all fascinating. The, the world of SEO, it really is super interesting. What's the, what's the takeaway for our listeners here? I, I think the, the big takeaway is decide what you want to rank for. I, I've had prospects come to me, big insurance agency came to us and said, we got this report. It looks really bad. We want to fire our SEO agency and go with you. So I looked at the report. It was a typical report that I see with broken pages and alt tags not done and things like that, that every one site looks like. And I Googled every single thing I could possibly think of, and they were ranking in the top three. So I called the guy back. I'm like, hey, I'm happy to take the business from these people if you're not happy with the relationship or engagement, but they're crushing it. Mm -hmm. So the, what that CEO didn't do was look to see where they were ranking. Ah. And look what they, like, I do homeowner's insurance. Google that. You're in the top three. I do auto insurance. You're in the top three, right? So they didn't take the time just because they got confused about the mystique of SEO. Like yeah. I need SEO. I don't know what it's for, but there's a lot of other businesses that have SEO and I need that. All you, all you need to care about is what you want to rank for. If you're ranking for it, you don't need SEO. If you're not, there's your plan, right? I wow, think that's, that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. And that seems so obvious as you're saying it, but I guess if you don't really know, if you don't know the world of SEO, you're not comfortable with it. It's, you can easily overlook it, I guess. Yeah. You know, you're selling ductless HVAC install. If you're on page one for that, do you, who cares if you get on for Nike basketball sneaker, right? Right. That's on. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, Kevin, one last question. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can go to greenbananaseo.com or ijustmetkevin.com. So if you, oh. go to, if you Google <laughs> I Just Met Kevin or ijustmetkevin.com, it'll take you to a page on, on our site that goes to my LinkedIn. Oh, cool. Good one. Okay. Well, we'll put all that information in the show notes. Meanwhile, thanks so much. You really settled my mind a little bit around SEO and I'm sure our, for a lot of our listeners too. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah, this is super fun. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.